0: Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 90 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I am your host, Michelle Snyder. And I
1: am Jacob Marico.
0: Episode 90, brah.
1: We're getting up there. We're getting old We're going to have to do
0: something for episode 100.
1: I know. We're going to have to like celebrate. We're going to have to bring a cake. Get Ooh. A, yeah, a marble or something with some cream cheese That sounds fine.
0: I'd like to have a guest on. It is difficult. To find people, every time I ask them to be on the show, I'll be like, "Do you like the show?" They're like, "Yeah." Like, "You want to be on it?" They're like, "What?" No. Yeah, they're like, "I don't." I don't ha- want to talk.
1: I don't have enough wit quickly enough. To I got be on a couple
0: people. Maybe I can call in here.
1: Be like, "Come on, guys! Come on, it'll be fun." Just Especially have-
0: if I say there's gonna be cake. Well, I think yeah. That-
1: yeah, even if there's not, we'll just tell them there's going to be candy.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I love lying. There's gonna be, great.
1: There's going to be pie and punch? Oh, I'm there. <laughs> Let's do this thing.
0: I feel like they'd be really frustrated after if they came in here and we had all this food.
1: Yeah, well, they're here anyways. Off. It's too late now. Like, what, are you are just going to get up at 7 o'clock in the morning and not come do the show? Come on. Nice, Jacob.
0: Doing? Look at you. Uh, what else is happening? Anything interesting in your life?
1: Nah, it's cold outside, you know. So, well, I feel, feel like it's like white Christmas kind of deal get going used
0: on. to that. Just buckle up.
1: I mean, I was hoping that this was going to be the year that global warming is really going to kick in. Stop we were it. Gonna, we were Do gonna you understand hangout. that
0: global warming just makes winter worse and summer hotter? Yeah, I know how it so works. So it's happening. But it's snowing, in this is America. Right this
1: is America. A lot of people. Misunderstand how it works, so I have to kind of play to the masses on this. One.
0: Oh, right. Yeah. Look at you. Real.
1: I know how this You're game man works. Man of the People.
0: <laughs> um, so, kind of interesting thing that is happening in November, which I don't know if you are familiar with. Do you know about NaNoWriMo? Uh, no. I really liked saying I that. Know,
1: I know you did. You got right into that
0: one. NaNoWriMo, that actually stands for National Novel Writing Month.
1: Okay, let that, me, let that me, checks out. Wait, let me break it down writing. for you. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> all right. It
0: works. <laughs> so it is an annual internet-based creative writing project, and it takes place during the month of November where they encourage participants to write a 50,000-word manuscript between the 1st and the 30th. Um, so this started. There was freelance writer Chris Batty. He started the project in July of 1999 with 21 participants. Okay. Um, and then in 2000, it was moved to November to, quote, more fully take advantage of the miserable weather, Good, which good idea, because nice you're like, it's time to go inside and write. So then in 2000, there was 140 participants that signed up for the event, including people from other countries. And the basic ground rules of this for anyone who wants to participate, probably starting next year, since we're in the middle of the month is that the novel must be new, it cannot be co-authored, and it must be submitted in time to be verified. Okay. So that year, of the 140 participants, 29 completed the challenge, and then the following year, he expected kind of similar numbers, but 5,000 participants registered, and by 2015, 431,626 people participated.
1: That's a bit of a jump.
0: Yeah, from 633 different regions, um, and of those participants, more than 40,000 people won, which means that they kind of, you know, did the thing that they're supposed to do, of write this 50,000-word manuscript. They really mm. focus – they want you to focus on the length of the work rather than the quality because it's encouraged to finish your first draft quickly so that it can be edited by the author – by other authors um, – and you know, you you just, you did it. Oh yeah. It's easier to go back um, and edit it.
1: That's how we fix this show every week. We just go back and editing and just fix what doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing.
0: But yeah, it's really cool. I, I, f- I forget what it is, but they expect you to write like so many words per day is like the goal. Um, but, you know, it might just sound like, oh, okay, like maybe I could do it. Maybe I won't, maybe it's not real. But there, since 2006, nearly 400 of these NaNoWriMo novels have been published. Via oh. traditional publishing houses, and um, over 200 novels have been published by smaller presses or self-published.
1: Well, that's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, like the huge book, do you remember Water for Elephants by Sarah Gruen, also oh. became a movie.
1: As we all know, my hatred for elephants runs deep, but oh. I do I do indeed remember that book. That yeah, was a pretty that, big book, actually. That
0: was a, a November um, writing month book, oh, as well okay. as that book I'm obsessed with. I'm, one of my top 10 favorite books is called Wool. By Hugh Howard, oh, We've talked about it on the show. I'm
1: actually reading that one as we speak. Are you for real? Yeah, I'm trying to knock it out because I remember you were telling me about I it. I do. I love shows. that book.
0: Um, well, that's amazing because it really fits into the timing because that he wrote that. He started that book because of this. Yeah,
1: wasn't that one like um, writing it on lunch or something? Writing like a page or something or...
0: I'm not sure exactly how he did it, but he started in the November and then he's published it online in like different segments of like, here, I wrote this. And then people are like, we love it. Write more. And then he's like, oh, I love, okay. the, I love
1: the idea that he's like, I can't grow a mustache. What other charity thing can I do? I know I'm going to write this book. I like the idea that that's exactly what happened.
0: I, I don't mean it's not a charity thing, but I get where you're trying to go. With it's
1: a it. charity thing. You know, people get something new to read. It's free. There you go. It's definitely. It's a definition of charity.
0: You're just bad at describing (laughs) things like you're just really not good at it. Um, I also realized, though, which is really funny, is another one of the books that came out of National Novel Writing Month is one that I'm currently listening to on audiobook right now. So I think it's super funny that you are also reading one. And it's totally random.
1: Yeah, and it's pretty good book so far. If you haven't read Wool, everybody, you should go check that oh, one out. I
0: love Wool. So what I'm listening to right now is The Night Circus by um, Aaron Morgenstern.
1: I've heard of that one.
0: Yeah, I'd heard about it for a long Mi- time. Mixed
1: reviews from people, I feel like. Like, some people liked it, some people haven't.
0: Okay, I think that's that's pretty common. Um, here, I'll break it down for you because I was thinking today we'll just talk about um, either other debut books or just books that we have recently read and enjoyed because... Hey, people, that's, that works. It's the chilly months. It's time to grab some books.
1: Yeah, what else are you going to do? Go
0: outside? No. No, no nobody wants you. to do that. No. So The Night Circus, um, I'm like... Maybe less than halfway through it, but it is about a circus that arrives without warning at night. Boom! What did you That's, read? This? I, you
1: know, I was just go. I thought I would go for it. I had a feeling, and it turns out I was correct.
0: Yeah, so it's like this. Obviously, it's a little kind of creepy night circus. It there's no announcements that preceded it. It just kind of appears. Yesterday, it wasn't there, and then it is. No, like, and kind of
1: like crawl. I like that.
0: It's within the black and white. They have these striped canvas tents, and it's an utterly unique experience breathtaking amazements boom 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 only an open at night which makes it kind of weird that you have to go at I like mean, midnight that's cool it's like an extra little I'd addition mo- to I'd, it
1: i'd be more weirded out going to a day circus i'd be like Ooh. <laughs> yeah,
0: i don't want to see this I don't, in don't the see light. The high um, definition clowns so behind the scenes of the circus there is this fierce competition underway it's a duel between two young magicians so oh. that's what you're signing up for if you grab this book. Magician fight, huh? Yeah. It's Cecilia and Marco and they have been trained since childhood expressively for this purpose by their instructors. Unbeknownst to both of them about this game that they're in, it will end when only one is left standing. Okay. They don't even know that because they never really signed up for it. Their instructors just picked them. So, um, despite the high stakes, Cecilia and Marco, I am assuming from where I'm getting at, are going to tumble into love soon. And then there's like a setting off kind of a domino effect of dangerous consequences of these two people that are not supposed to interact. So, so far it's a magical little book. I think it's it's uh, enchanting magical. enough. I, well, I, it see, I see what
1: you did there. Thank you. It
0: was not difficult. <laughs> but it's definitely I'll give her this is a riveting debut and it's impressive because you're like, wow, she was just a person and she sat down during this month to compete in this um, and she succeeded and she wrote a book and boom. And, and now, now, someone, now it's out there,
1: and it's a popular one because people... It was a cop- super
0: popular book. I'm actually surprised it hasn't become like a movie or a TV show or well, something along funny, those lines. It's funny
1: you should mention that because as I watch the entertainment ones, that is one of the ones that's names getting popped around a lot. Uh, Showtime, oh,
0: to be picked up for something? Yeah,
1: Showtime passed on the Kingkiller uh Chronicle series. They did? Well, good. So now they're looking for Maybe they'll pick it up
0: if he finishes the third book. I'm calling you out, Patrick Rothfuss. I don't care. I know people are like, leave him alone. He can write the book when he wants. (laughs) No. You wrote two of them, they were the best things ever. I need a conclusion. Now it's been like nine years.
1: Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. Like I think we're all living in that. Kind My of dad's
0: world. never going to forgive me for having him read those books and now he's like, "Where's the third? Will I live for the third? Am I going to die with no conclusion to the story?" My dad will not read any books now that like it ruined him that are in any series until the series is completed. Really? Yep, he's just like, "Nope, that's out."
1: That's probably a smart move.
0: Yeah, Patrick. Al- although
1: we can't even know nowadays because they're constantly coming out with sequels to books that you thought were done. Handmaid's Tale's got a new one out. That was,
0: that was pretty good, though. Was it? Yeah, sure. Well, e- yes. If you really like the story of The Handmaid's Tale, like it's a book that I've always loved, if you're really kind of invested in it, then yes, you're going to... I think You're just like the it. sequel. I, mean, I don't know that it's just the best book ever, but I'm also just a huge Margaret Atwood fan, so it's hard for me to judge.
1: Okay, yeah, and even like *Kill a Mockingbird*, that even got a sequel out of the blue that nobody asked for and nobody really liked. So, well, I think you know, wasn't you can never it was just really written
0: and they found it or something.
1: No, that's what they always say. Like, I it was, I was a manuscript sitting in my desk. <laughs> um, but yeah, *Night Circus* it definitely is one to go check out. Like,
0: yeah, I think it's so far it's light. I'm not. It's not using up a ton of my brain power. It's nice. I'm driving home. I'm stuck in some traffic, and I'm like, I'm okay with that because I like this story
1: yeah there you go a perfect See? audiobook read
0: yes there it is that makes sense um do you have a book that you'd like to to tell the peeps to read
1: yeah you know and it kind of plays into the whole authors who need to just sit down and write a book of course so the last one I read I actually just finished it was fire and blood from 2018 it is the new George R.R. R. Martin Game of Thrones oh, book that is not Winds of Winter. You
0: haven't given up on that?
1: <clears throat> no, I'm still all invested in that series. And like I read this book. I'm like, all right, fine. I like George R. R. Martin. I think he's an okay writer when he actually writes stuff. I like the story. Let's go ahead and read the book. And the book was very enjoyable. And okay. It, by the time it got done, I was like, oh, I'm so mad that this guy is not. Why did you read this book? I didn't need this book. You know why I found out why you wrote this book? Because it's going to be the basis for the HBO TV series that they're coming out with. But they just
0: said they weren't doing that now.
1: No, they were developing five. And they decided not to do the Naomi Watts one because they said it was terrible. But now they just went straight to series with this one that's basically... Well, what the book basically is, it's like a history of the Targaryen dynasty. Starting from when they come over to Westeros to... You know, right before, right after they have their quote unquote dance with dragons, which is where like they all start fighting and killing each other, mm-hmm. which admittedly is going to be pretty awesome to see on screen. Sure. The book itself, it's very good if you're a Game of Thrones fan. If you're not, you know. It's,
0: I don't know if anyone would actually read that book if they weren't into Game of Thrones. Yeah. It's a it's, weird pull.
1: Yeah, because it is very detailed and it seems like he only wrote six character names. Because every time you're reading one, it's always like Aegon, Amon, Aegon, Aemon. Oh, I don't.
0: Like, I get oh, mad when books do that. It's very stressful. I mean,
1: I get that it's how like monarchies really worked. Like if you go look into like French or English history, it's all all you see is Edwards and Phillips and all that over and over again. So you can never remember who the heck anybody is. But this book is especially especially bad with it. The only good thing that it has going on with it, well, I guess not the only thing, but it does have a lot of dragon fights, which I'm always a fan of. Anytime you can get. Dragons fighting in the sky, tearing each other apart.
0: Sure, that works out. It reminds
1: me of when I was a youth. Ah, memories. Oh,
0: my God. But there's
1: actually a fair amount of, like, court intrigue in here. Okay. Like, each of the dynasties does have a different story to it. Like, you know, there's some that were really good but still had some problems, some that were just a disaster from the beginning. There's scheming going on. You know, there's a lot here.
0: I mean, I'll take your word for it. I feel like people are either going to grab it because they like Game of Thrones or you're not going to convince yeah. them. So.
1: But then, like, yeah, if you're a Game of Thrones fan, at about the three-quarter mark, if not sooner, you're like, where is Winds of Winter? I don't need this. This is yeah. a trifle. I don't – I feel – Who
0: cares how the series ends anymore? Sorry, geez, not interested. Geez, Louise, it but should, all right. Should,
1: should end with John on the throne. That's I'll, all I'll, I'm saying. I'll
0: keep it in mind. But,
1: um, but yeah, check out uh, Fire and Blood, everybody. It's a good – pretty quick read. It's enjoyable. It's going to keep things moving along. You know, okay. it's not ponderous. Check it out. It's a good one to check out.
0: Okay. I am going to bring up another debut novel, kind of fit with newer writers. It is called Disappearing Earth by Julia Phillips. Hmm. It came out this year. Um, I really liked this book. This was a really um, ingeniously interwoven tale. Like She did a, a really good job with it. It is about So one afternoon on the shoreline of Kamchatka, which is a peninsula at the northeastern edge of Russia.
1: It's like I didn't know that. Come on. Right.
0: Sorry. I I apologize. Two girls, their sisters, they're 8 and 11, and they go missing. So in the ensuing weeks and then months, the police investigation turns up nothing. And kind of the echoes of this disappearance are really reverberating around this tightly woven community with... I'd say the fear in The Lost is most um, deeply felt um, among its women. So there's different storylines through different women throughout it, but it's a really, it's a cast of richly drawn characters. They're all connected by the crime. There's a witness, a neighbor, a detective, a mother, and you as a reader are really transported to these different vistas of rugged beauty and densely wooded forests and expanses of tundra. And I, I really liked, the view that it gave you of Russia, um, I feel like it was different than a lot of sort of Russian novels. Um, but yeah, you get social and ethnic tensions that have long simmered in this area, where kind of outsiders are, you know, the first to be accused of of course terrible things happening. But it's a really addictive page turner. Um, I definitely like really kept going. I had to slow myself down, which sometimes when I'm really into the story and I want to know what's going to happen, I start skipping words. Okay. Because I'm like I do that rushing through, and then I was like, stop it! You like the book, so just take it all in. And it was really satisfying. I'd say that is a that's a really good choice. Um, plus, it's good for this time of year because it, it's Russia and there's some really cold stuff going on. Yeah, so it's, you're like, it's cold.
1: Yeah, it's like, it's cold. Where else is cold? Russia.
0: Yeah. I mean, c- Russia's colder, so we're doing okay yeah. here in could Buffalo. Always be, yeah, that's, that's the it basis. could always be Russia.
1: L- less people didn't know that's actually <laughs> Buffalo's motto. could always be Russia. <laughs> so.
0: That's a good one. That should be on a (laughs) sign somewhere with just a person with their arms out and their shoulders up. Like, oh, it could always be Russia.
1: (laughs) We should should write uh, Byron and tell him we got an idea for a new slogan. (laughs) Well,
0: you know, the library really helps people with their copyrights and patents. So come down. Patent (laughs) pending on that one. We're going to go talk to the reference librarian and get that. Get that copy. We, we,
1: we have cracked the code for Buffalo oh, tourism. Oh,
0: <laughs> everything is dumb when we're together. Um, okay, do you do you have another book? I do I have, actually. I'm real excited. About um, I got a
1: surprising one here for you that I bet you did not see coming. It's called "The Ride of a Lifetime: Lessons Learned from 15 Years as Disney CEO." It is the new Bob Iger book.
0: Wow, I did not see that coming. Yeah, it
1: just came out in 2019. I am reading it because I do like behind-the-scenes entertainment uh, books. Sure. And this one, when you're the head of Disney. Uh, basically, once you're done being that, your career is over because, A, you're super rich, so why would you need to do anything? And, B, it doesn't get any bigger than running the Walt Disney co- Company. You so wouldn't think
0: so, no. It's like,
1: what is the big deal? So this book goes into like his whole history as how he became the CEO at Disney and some big events that happened while he was running the company. Um, and there's actually some very interesting insights that he gives. He mentions sometimes, like in the '70s, when he was just starting out, he was like sexually harassed by a, uh, like a producer um, at the TV company that he worked at. Wow, really? So he gets into some deep, dark stories. Um, and then once he starts getting into like Disney, um, once he starts getting when he's running Disney, there's some very interesting behind-the-scenes information he gets into. Um, Kevin Feige, who's the head of Marvel Studios. Um, and is the presumptive future head of Disney, if okay. everything keeps going the way it is. Um, there's a story about here about when Marvel was about three or four years into their run, you know, their movie run, that he almost quit because he could not stand the guy who was running uh, Marvel's television side.
0: Okay, wow. Well, imagine, like, that must be a terrible person if you're going to quit such an amazing why Well, I, exa- exactly what up.
1: So then, like, Right in the middle of this whole, as we all know, record-breaking thing, they were going to lose him. So then it gets into all the, like the backfighting and infighting and how they had to basically reorganize the whole company to make sure they didn't lose this dude who's obviously one of the biggest talents out there. Okay. Um, there's another story involving when um, Michael Eisner tried to um, talk Disney's shareholders out of buying Pixar because of an old feud he had with Steve Jobs where he w- didn't want him to get any extra money. Geez, I got the Eisner police coming at me. Yeah, I, I heard thought it's that. inside that. secret <laughs> um, So yeah, how you try to talk about buying Pixar because of an old feud. Um, there was some very intimate stories about with... Uh, Steve Jobs was actually confiding in Iger uh, when he found out that he had pancreatic cancer and was trying to talk tell him he had a chance to get out of the deal. There's all sorts of like behind-the-scenes entertainment news that it's just very interesting to hear. No,
0: it sounds super interesting. Yeah,
1: and it's not even that long of a read. It's only like 230 pages, so you basically okay. basically get done with in a half an hour and be done. So it's a good little um, quick read for you. Okay, cool. But yeah, go check it out, everybody. If you want to read uh, One of the Most Powerful Men in Entertainment, What It Was Like to Be Him, This is a good one to do.
0: That makes me think of a book that I also really loved this year that I think you'd like because you mentioned the the behind-the-scenes thing. And I feel like most people have either heard of this book or seen the cover because it was everywhere. It's that Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. Have you seen it? No, I
1: haven't heard about that one.
0: So... It came out. I wasn't really into the cover. I know that sounds dumb, but I was like, I don't think this is a story I'm going to be into. That's
1: how I picked movies when I was a kid for years. I mean,
0: it's a a real thing. But I eventually grabbed it because sometimes when people talk about things too much, I'm like, oh, I have to know now. Sure. And I was like, I'm not going to like it, but I'm going to know. And I loved it. I love this book. And so it's about Daisy Jones and the Six. And what it is is daisy jones is like a a musician you know um coming of age in la in the late 60s and then there's this band called the six and they're on their first tour and they're like a big band but then they end up getting the two together but that's not even important what it is is the way that they do it is it's each character it's just them talking and Mm -hmm. like it's just an interview So it feels like a VH1 behind the music episode, but like the best one you ever watched. Even though it's not a real band and they're not real people, it really feels like it. And you get super into the characters because they're really, really compelling. And it is just a really fast and a really fun Read.
1: So you got my attention there because I used to love Behind the Music. I used to watch every single episode of that show.
0: 100% it's the best show and that's exactly what this book feels like. So again, it's not a real band, but you forget that. And then you're like, oh boy, Billy's not going to like that Daisy did that. And it's really funny and it's them being like, this is what happened. And then there's the drummer being like, yeah, that's not what happened. So like it's it's really funny, highly entertaining. You've probably seen it on shelves. It's worth grabbing Daisy Jones in the I Six. Have to check I it just out. had to throw that one in because of you said that.
1: Yeah, that's a totally awesome idea because like that's a great idea. That's
0: a, oh, it just that's just the thing. I read it and I was like, son of a gun, why did I not ever think of this idea? Well, it's really good. I mean
1: we could just rip it off and then just not mention that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Write a better write a better book and then all of a sudden it's my idea.
0: Oh, uh, let me bring up another book. Go for it. Um, I'm gonna say it's a quote unquote debut because it's a fiction debut okay. from a nonfiction writer who's one of my favorites that we have talked about on the show before. Um, it's my boy Ta Nahasi Coates. He wrote his first fiction book is called The Water Dancer. Um, We talked about him before because he wrote the book Between the World and Me. It was one of my favorites of the year. But I'm currently reading this book. So, again, um, can't give the whole thing away. It's it's so good so far because of the way that he writes. So I'm not anticipating it it suddenly going downhill. Um, But it's about young Hiram Walker. He was born into bondage. um, So it's taking place during slavery in Virginia. And then his mother was sold away. And he was kind of robbed of all of his memory of her, but he has been gifted with this sort of mysterious power of memory in other ways. Okay. Um, And then years later when he almost drowns in river, the same kind of power saves him. So it's interesting. It makes sense kind of as you're reading the story.
1: I do like me some supernatural stuff.
0: Yeah, like a a little bit. But really what it is, it, it kind of is this unexpected journey that takes Hiram from Virginia's Plantations to these uh, desperate guerrilla cells in the wilderness, and you know other deep South areas, and these idealistic movements in the North. Um, you know he ends up enlisted in an underground war between slavers and the enslaved, and you know it's it's a very powerful story. But mostly, it is the way like that. Tana Coates writes. I mean, he's one of the most important essayists in a, in a generation. You know, He's a writer who I think really changed the national political conversation about race when he came out with Between the World and Me. Mm-hmm. Again, people, that, that book, I cannot recommend that book enough. But I think this debut is coming out as a fiction book with slightly unrealistic expectations of how good it would be, and so far he's exceeding them.
1: All right, cool. That's definitely not easy to do. Usually it's a disappointment when you start reading more books by authors.
0: He just writes in a way that I honestly feel no one else does. It just feels really, really different, and I really dig it.
1: I feel bad never re- having read any of his books. Now I feel like I should go pick one you up. You
0: really, between the world and me, is short. It's so poignant. It's com- it's just poignant. And even when you're like, oh, I'm 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 a woke person. Like I'm seeing things the that's way I s- should.
1: That's how I start every morning. Right?
0: I believe that you do. But there are things that are said, and you're like, I never thought of that and like oh i never thought of that like this is it's really eye opening and mm. I think it makes you a better person.
1: I, I so, could use that, let me tell you.
0: If you're not looking to go, you know, quite that much, grab fiction and grab The Water Dancer. Not that it's not deep. We got a book about slavery, so I'm not going to be like, here's a jaunty oh, yeah. read. It's um, a quick
1: little, ch- little fun book here about slavery.
0: But you should you should absolutely, absolutely grab it. All right, cool. You want to give us something else? Yeah,
1: I'll give you a quick one. Okay. Um, next one I'll go with is The Last Wish by Andres Sapkowski. Hmm. I know I was going to blow that guy's name.
0: It didn't sound that bad.
1: So it's Uh, It's the first book in the witcher book series. It's a collection of six short stories.
0: Wait, I, I read a witcher book I thought I read the first one. It wasn't called that. Did you
1: really read one of these books?
0: I read half of it, and then I realized I wasn't interested in it. Well, it's a high.
1: It's definitely high hard fantasy. It
0: was mostly like it almost felt like a collection of short stories. It was like I fought this monster, and then the next chapter was like here's another monster to fight. And I That's was like, "That's
1: what it is." Because yeah, the, that doesn't really get me. The Witcher Tale. It's kind of like a group of folklores. Like it's a collection of old stories that he's kind of put together sure. and dramatized a little bit. Um, the library picked up all the books in the series and. As a fan of the video game, which is how I got into the series, it's one of these dark, high, super hard fantasy books that I just gravitate towards. Like, well, I'm
0: dying for the the, the, TV, the show? TV show. Well, we
1: can get into that one. You just want to see Henry Cavill in a bathtub. That, that is, is all you care that about. That
0: is completely accurate, and I have no shame saying that. I love that, man. But
1: that's why these books are in, like, the... Uh, are in the zeitgeist right now is because the tv show is coming out in less than a month so if you want to get like a head start if you don't want to play the games because the games are like three 400 hours long so there's basically <laughs> you don't want to <laughs> jump into that unless you <laughs> sure you got time on your hands um but these books are pretty they're pretty enjoyable it gets you a it's definitely a world you can get immersed in there's rules there's internal logic that keeps going a nice continuing story with reoccurring characters that pop up there's like 12 of these books too like all kinds of tales you can go into that I'm sure the TV show is going to explore as well. Um, But if you want to be one of the, if you don't want to be like a hipster, and get into this book after the TV show comes out.
0: Oh, there is no shame in getting into the book after the TV show. Don't you shame people? I'm.
1: It's so you get into the book whenever you can. But if you want to be like the smart guy that walks in and be like, Oh, I remember right. this story. Here's Look
0: what, at you. This you're is that how. guy who like bought the band T-shirt and then was like, If anyone doesn't own this band T-shirt, they must not know this band. I
1: wanted. Uh, it's a, a shameful time in my life, but I told everybody when Nickelback first came out, <laughs> I was like, This band's gonna be the jam, guys. Everybody's like, There are gonna. No, they're not going anywhere man listen to that name
0: i believe this story to be true it's 100 true and i am <laughs>
1: i am ashamed of it every day um but yeah go check out the last wish everybody go get all the witcher books they're all pretty fun all I, pretty awesome. I think i
0: read that one i think that's the one i have and then
1: read. do what michelle's gonna do and go drool at henry cavill walking around shirtless for 10 episodes man on Netflix.
0: has the most perfect face of any man The
1: guy is... It's a
0: perfect... Like, he's a Grecian god.
1: If you wanted to reboot (laughs) the Terminator and needed, like, the perfect terminator body you yes. just you throw henry cavill with yes, the they mustache don't, they
0: don't have to like oh the mustache <laughs> like, with the and mustache. i hate mustaches and yet he looks so good all right <laughs> i gotta stop here i'm getting so distracted <laughs> um i have a couple more books but we're pretty much out of time
1: we're always out of time
0: so i'll just this one's maybe a little lighter than this one so i would recommend the book miracle creek by angie kim And it is about, in a small town of Virginia, a group of people, they all know each other because they are part of this special treatment center, which is a hyperbaric chamber that may cure a range of conditions from infertility to autism.
1: That's what Michael Jackson thought.
0: They're sitting in this chamber, but then it ends up exploding. And two people die. Okay. And then it's clear that the explosion wasn't an accident. Dun, dun, dun. So then there's kind of a showdown that unfolds as the story moves across all of these different characters who some are keeping secrets and they're hiding betrayals. And like chapter by chapter you're trying to figure it out as well as they're gathering evidence. Like you're like, okay, it was this like careless mother of a patient. And they're like, oh maybe it was the owners like trying to cash in on insurance. Um, but maybe it was one of these protesters who was against this treatment, and maybe she blew it up. So, again, another debut really into, and it's it's stunning in the way that it deals like with parents and children and that unwavering hope of a better life. You get a real sense of. But I found it the story itself is gripping, and then you know, bottom line is it's just it was just an entertaining book.
1: Okay. Sounds like a good one to me. I want to go check it out. Look at all these
0: great debut books. Like people coming out.
1: They're like, so, I'm going to write a book out of nowhere. Don't
0: forget people like right in November, take the opportunity. I wish that I took the opportunity. I need to take my own advice here and just try to get some words out. You can go to their website to find out more of what the guidelines are and really prep yourself even for next year when or do- just start now. Yeah. And, you know, do half a year or half a month of it.
1: Fill out the form, jump in, tell them All Booked Up sent you, and they'll be like, Jacob and Michelle, I love those two. That's my favorite podcast. That's most
0: likely what will happen. You want to plug us up here? Sure.
1: So, everything that you hear on All Booked Up is going to be available at one of our 37 branches all over Erie County. Just pop on by, tell them what you want. They'll lead you to the All Booked Up corner.
0: Can you do a new? I hate that bit. Why? It's because it's not real.
1: Well, it's going to be once we start telling them directly. So, you know, we got them all available around all the branches of Beery County. If we don't have it, just ask them. They'll send it to you. There you go. Get it to whichever one you want. That's we also have actual We also have a bookmobile that's driving around. As I always say, wave it down, pull it across.
0: I just told you, <laughs> be on the no, up and no, up. No, no,
1: you told me the one about the corner. You didn't say anything be about the... Be on the
0: up and up. You can find their schedule online on. and you can go to where they are. Yeah,
1: it's going to be online at the library's website at www.buffalolib.org.
0: It's too cold for your shenanigans, Jacob. <laughs> I'm not taking anymore and if you want
1: to complain about my shenanigans <laughs> specifically to me follow us on twitter at all booked up pod and then you can yell at me constantly Kid. which is basically michelle's hobby on there so i was gonna I say i'm
0: that. i'm gonna take that advice um so a couple facts about writing according to a survey conducted by the new york times 81 percent of americans feel that they have a book in them really so why aren't we writing it
1: uh, yeah, it's a good question. I mean,
0: I know I feel that I have a book that I want to write. What about you?
1: Well, every time I try to get it out, it always hurts a little bit too
0: I much knew old. you were going to say something like that, <laughs> and I'm so angry. You know As I was saying the sentence, you are an eight-year-old little boy. Anyway, <laughs> so the writer Friedrich von Schiller, who just, you might not know his stuff. He wrote a bunch of classic sort of books, but he kept rotten apples in his desk, claiming that he needed the scent of their decay to help him write. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, maybe you just need some rotten apples that, in your desk to and, get your book out. And that man
1: grew up to be Doctor Seuss.
0: <laughs> no, Doctor Seuss actually I read something, used to have to go in a closet and try all these different hats on, like no joke, until one of the hats inspired him.
1: So he was the to start writing the hat. He literally was He's a jazz musician. Little known fact about mister Seuss. We have
0: so many interesting facts. John Steinbeck used Friend of the show. 300 pencils to write East of Eden okay. and was known to use up to 60 pencils a day.
1: What the... Why are you doing... What are you doing with these pencils, man? I
0: mean, he's, he's writing ferociously. So, again, people, get some dead apples, get a bunch of pencils on your desk. This is all going to help. Uh, I
1: bet he only had to get the pencils because he was running out of the erasers. It was like the pencils half done. <laughs> yeah, he's like, like I got it. no eraser left.
0: Uh, Vladimir Nabokov and Gertrude Stein both liked writing while sitting in a parked car. That's where they did the majority of the writing. So, again, bring your pencils and your apples <laughs> to your car. We're almost at a perfect scenario. And... What I think is really interesting, and I think this plays along the lines of National Writing Month, is Graham Greene would write my 500 man. words a day and then stop. Even if he was in the middle of a sentence, His he was 500 and out. Mm, okay. And I mean, he's written, I really love his books. So that's my main man. Graham there are Green. so many different ways that you can do it. Just, you know, search, find the inspiration. It's out there. And let National Writing Month help you out. Yeah.
1: Do it, it, everybody. And then your book could be talked about here on All Booked Up. You could be a part of Buffalo's number one podcast. And everybody's going to be like, that's awesome, man. (laughs) You finally made it.
0: All right. Enough of that. All right, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye.